brother. Let's give that hand to the Lord. Clap your hands, all you people. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated. Wallace Ridge. I never knew this place existed until your pastor came here. He's put you on the map. Amen. That's right. And uh, we love Brother and Sister Stevenson and the, and the girls. I asked him, where are the boys? And there's no boys. <laughs> Amen. But uh, we love your pastor and his family. They are awesome people. You have an awesome pastor and an awesome first lady. Amen. These are some of the greatest people I've ever met and some of the worst golfer I've ever met. <laughs> I think I told him, I don't. I can't remember, but I think I, you, you better stick with preaching because you really do that good. <laughs> Amen. That's right. And, uh, but uh, we just enjoy having them in our home and in our church and our pulpit. Probably preach one of the best revivals that we had there in Dallas, Texas. And give you a little run down of where we come from. I pastored the New Life Church in Dallas, Texas for 43 years. Went there when I was in my 20s. And I just retired six years ago and brought my son in, Brother Shannon Stanley. How many? I believe he preached here, didn't he? Amen. He's doing a great job. That's right. And they made me bishop. And uh, somebody says, uh, somebody asked me, what is a bishop? Well, I, won't, I know what the dictionary says, but let me give you, y'all want to hear my definition of a bishop? A bishop is an honorary title with no responsibilities. I, free, I feel free as a bird. Hallelujah. Brother, all that stress. I want to tell you, you better pray for your pastor and his wife. One of the most stressful jobs is pastoring a church. Amen. That's been proven. I've read that statistics and uh, it's been proven that it is a very stressful job. And I didn't realize how stressful it was until I turned it over to my son and I felt like a ton had been lifted off my shoulders and when they bring me their if they were to bring me their problems I say I'm not the pastor go see the pastor for those problems amen that feels good to say that praise God amen and I had one pastor tell me he said I love this pastor in business if it wasn't for people now let me clarify what he what he was saying because he was a good pastor and I preached for him several times he was a good pastor but what he was saying is they just loaded me down so much with all the stress and the problems and everything and I have to deal with that and and I'm just I just get tired I'm tired I'm well what it is he's just going through a lot of stress so hold this man up in your prayers amen you never know what stress it is to pastor don't ever criticize your pastor until you walk in his shoes for about a week and you can understand amen can you shout amen you got an awesome pastor love him 
Stand behind him, support him, be with him. Praise God. And what a church God has allowed y'all to have here at Wallace Ridge. This is an awesome church. What, a, what an opportunity that you have. And what a blessing to this community. And just to be in the feel the presence of the Holy Ghost, the way you worship, the way you praise. Amen. Somebody says, I haven't felt much in this service tonight. Well, if you haven't felt much in this service tonight, it's because you have not found his address. Amen. If you will find his address, I guarantee you, you will feel him. He lives on the corner of Hallelujah Boulevard and Glory Avenue. Hallelujah. You start praising him. You start worshiping him. You will feel the Holy Ghost. Amen. Don't come to church and sit on the chairs like a knot on a deal pickle and expect to feel anything. Get with it. Reach out. Touch him. He's walking these aisles. He's between these My God is. Hallelujah. Oh, the king of glory is here. The king of glory. I like that, brother. The king of glory is walking down these aisles between these chairs tonight. Amen. He is here in a tremendous way. And no telling what he's going to do before we leave here tonight because he's not through in this service. Amen. God is going to bring him, send some miracles here. I believe somebody can receive the Holy Ghost if you're here without the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost baptizer is here. If you're here and need healing, the healer is here. The deliverer is here. Amen. The burden barrier. I pray Jesus Christ is here to meet you at the point of your need today. All we've got to do is believe him. Oh, you don't have to walk out here the same way you came in here. You don't have to leave empty tonight. You can leave full and fill with the power of God in your life. Amen, amen, amen. Thank God. Don't come to church empty and leave empty. <laughs> the filler upper is here tonight. Amen. Yes, he is. And uh, whatever you need, God's got it in this service. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Brother Stevenson, for inviting me to come. He came and preached for us at Dallas. And what an awesome, awesome time we had with him and our services there. And, while he was there, he said, he said, Bishop, I want you to come preach for me. Praise God. I feel like he's just paying me back. Thank the Lord. God bless you. Thank the Lord. Let's stand together, if you would. And uh, I'm going to take my coat off. Can I take my coat off? Brother? Amen. Oh, I forgot about that. Come on up here, baby. Y'all sit down. I forgot about her singing. I got my better half with me tonight. Notice I said the better half. Praise God. Uh, no, thank you for reminding me. I got carried away and forgot. Amen. But uh, this is my beautiful bride of 57 years being in October. Amen. And, uh, and I just, I, I try to take her everywhere. She wasn't able to come last time. Normally, she goes with me everywhere I go. Amen. Even sometimes she don't want to. Amen. 
but she's here tonight because she wanted to because she was upset because she could not come the first time I came. And I said, don't worry, we're going back. Amen. So uh, she's an awesome singer. She's the best singer in the world. What an honor to be in the presence of the Lord. And I'm telling you, we have heard so much anointed, unbelievable singing in this church tonight. You could have let the old lady just sit down and you could have heard from the word of the Lord. But now you've got to listen to me. I'm going to leave you with a little scripture before I sing to you. The Bible says, they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. I looked up that word wait, and it says wrap yourself around something bigger than yourself. Let me tell you what to do when you're in a storm. You get a hold of the rock because you might be shaken, but the rock will never shake. He will never shake. They tell us that an eagle... The Bible says an eagle, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They tell us that an eagle knows a storm is coming long before it ever hits the horizon. Some of you may be in a storm tonight, but I'm going to tell you the key to making it through the storm. That eagle, what he does, he goes to the highest mountain and he just spreads his wings and the turbulence from the storm lifts him above the turbulence. He doesn't escape the storm. It's all under, it's all down here. But the closer he gets into the presence of the Lord, the storm is not going to overcome you. Y'all worship as I sing. Lord, anoint me, God. Use me, God. Anoint me, Lord. Oh, God. Today I faced a mountain that I have no strength to climb. For the struggle of this journey's left me weak, both in body and in mind. Where I stand to the peak. Is a distance on my own I cannot reach. Oh, but this journey of a thousand steps begins right here on my knees. Soon I'll soar like an eagle. Oh, yes, I will. I may face 
today Circumstances so uncertain make it hard to find the strength to pray again to the Lord. Let's magnify Jesus one more time. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 I really felt that the Lord ministered to some of you in that song right there. Somebody's going through a storm in this building tonight. Amen. But the Holy Ghost has come to let you know that everything is going to be all right. Amen. Just get above the storm. Just let the Holy Spirit cause you to rise above that storm that you're in. Amen. And oh, what a beautiful, wonderful presence of the Lord that we feel. Luke chapter 5, if you have your Bible tonight, go on to the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 5. Verses 27 through 32. And I'm going to follow that with Matthew chapter 11, verse 19. Matthew 11 and 19. For your consideration, let's look at Luke 5, 27 first. And after these things, he went forth. Saw a publican named Levi sitting at the receipt of custom. And he said unto him, Follow me. And I like those next four words. And he left all. Aren't you glad when Jesus said for you to follow him that you turn your back on the world and on sin and you left all to follow him rose up and followed him. Levi made him a great feast in his own house. 
There was a great company of publicans and others that sat down with them. But the scri their scribes and Pharisees murmured against his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? Now, all you Bible scholars are very well aware of the fact that the scribes and the Pharisees of Jesus' day were very, very religious people. They adhered strictly to the law of Moses, to the crossing of the T and the dot of the I. But they were also very judgmental and self-righteous. People didn't believe like they believed. They looked down upon them and judged them as sinners. And that's why they asked the question, why do you eat and drink with publicans and sinners? And Jesus answered and said unto them, They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. They that are whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. Matthew 11 and 1 verse 19. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Behold, a man gluttonous and a wine-bibber and a friend of publicans and sinners. Everybody say, a friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. They that are whole need not a physician. I want to speak to you for the next few minutes on this thought God's divine law of attraction God's divine law of attraction what really excites God here tonight amen pray over the word brother Stevenson Everybody say in Jesus' name. You may be seated. We hope the media team got our scriptures. You have those, brother? Good. Amen. But I want to just talk to you something from my heart tonight. And I simply call it God's divine law of attraction. What gets God's attention? What is the thing that really excites God? That God is attracted to? Actually, what is God looking for in this service tonight? What is God most interested in in this service as we sit here tonight? What attracts God? I don't think we really know what really excites God. Being finite people, it's hard for us to comprehend sometimes the height and the breadth and the width and the depths of God. We just sometimes can't seem as human beings to understand all that God is trying to do. But I think, amen, that there are a lot of things that we could 
talk about tonight that excites God. I think praise and worship and coming to church excites God, attracts God. I've already told you that's where he resides. That's where he lives and prays and in worship. And he loves for his people to praise him. And he loves for his people to worship him. And uh, that is his address. He inhabits, the Bible says, the praises of his people. He resides in the praises of his people. And I believe that. I believe that excites God. But I'm also a firm believer that there is something else that really excites God. There's something else that really attracts God. And I think I have the answer tonight in the, from the pages of God's word. Amen. Because God has given us the understanding of the divine law of attraction. I'm not going to leave you wondering what it is or trying to guess where I'm going. I'm going to let you know from the onset of this message what really excites God, what really God is attracted to tonight. And by the text that I've read in your hearing tonight, you probably already figured it out. You probably already know what really excites God. I want to tell you what excites God and what he is attracted to. God is attracted to needs that are in this building tonight. He's looking for people that have a need tonight. Amen. He gets excited about people that needs him. Amen. He gets excited about people that wants him. Somebody that comes here and say, God, I need you more than anything else in this world. Baba God is looking for you tonight. Hallelujah. He said, they that are whole don't need me. Amen. But I'm looking for the sick tonight. I'm looking for the down and outers. I'm looking for those that's in a storm tonight. I'm looking, no. I, I'm looking for somebody that needs a miracle in their life tonight. I'm looking for somebody that needs a healing in their body tonight. I'm looking for somebody that needs a financial miracle to happen to you this month. I'm looking for that person that really needs me. God is attracted to need. All you need for God to show up is a need. Amen. He was attracted to the publicans and the sinners. That's why the Pharisees, why you eat with publicans? Why do you eat with a sinner? Because they need me. Amen. They that are whole, everybody that's got it together and feel like they don't need anything and don't want anything, I'll pass them by. But I'll find me somebody, amen, that really needs me. I'll find me somebody, amen, that came for a miracle tonight. I'll find me somebody that came for healing tonight. Hey, hey God is looking for you. I say God is looking for you. Is there anybody in the house that needs him? Oh, hallelujah. I feel miracles in this house. Oh, somebody's gonna get healed here before we leave tonight. The king of glory's in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. He's attracted to the publicans and sinners. The Bible says he's a friend of publicans and sinners. Why? Because they need me. They need me. I want to say this right now. This is a perfect place for imperfect people. That's right. 
I'll say it again. This is a perfect place for imperfect people. Come on. Come on. Now notice, notice I didn't say this was a perfect church. I ain't found that one yet. Amen. I don't think we're going to find nothing on this earth until we get to heaven. That's, that's where the perfect church is going to be. But because the church, because we're human beings, we have our flaws and our imperfections and our shortcomings. And we have not all yet arrived yet, but he's still working on me. Amen. I'm not what I used to be. But thank God, I'm not what I used to be. But I've got some more things that I want God to work on in my life. But this is a perfect place for imperfect people. God's looking for those with their faults and those failures and the flaws and the imperfection. He's looking for you tonight. You've come to the right place. Welcome home. Welcome to the church of imperfect people. I was in Mississippi preaching a few years ago. There was a beautiful church. I've never been there. It's one of our churches. I've seen about 1,500 people on the main highway in Mississippi. As I drove up to the front parking lot of that church, I looked, and there was in big boxcar letters. Brother, I mean, they were huge. You could read them from a mile down the street. It said, you belong here. You belong here. Thousands drive that street every day and they have to read that sign. You belong here. Hey, quit telling, quit letting the devil in hell tell you you don't belong here. Quit, quit listening to those kind of voices. You're right where God wants you. You're right where God seeks you. You're right. You hear what I'm saying? Amen. You belong here because this is the perfect place for imperfect people like all of us. And I'm going to go find me another church. There's too many hypocrites over there at Wallace Ridge. I'm going to find me another church. Well, go ahead and go on over there. And when you get there, you're going to mess it up. Because you're imperfect and it's not going to be a perfect church. Can you shout amen? Is is this all right, Pastor? Thank God. But I want to tell you, we got a God. We got the God that's looking for imperfections. He's looking for flaws. Amen. And he hates that spirit that says, you don't belong here. You belong here just as much as any of us belongs here. Thank God for it. Can you shout amen? Some may disagree. Some may say God is attracted to faith. I believe that. But you must have a need before faith can be exercised. Why have faith if you have no needs? Hallelujah. Brother, need is what attracts God. God is drawn to needs. Let there be a need that God shows up. God's not drawn to gifted people. He's not drawn to complexes and buildings and choirs and music. That doesn't impress God. Amen. But he's drawn to one thing. If I could find a need, I'll show up. He's on a mission tonight. I said he's on a mission tonight. Jesus is looking for you. Jesus is looking for you. He's looking for you. Hallelujah. He's looking for you. If the overhead people can help me right now, my first scripture is Luke chapter 4, I believe, in verse 16. I want to show y'all something. Amen. Every church has a mission statement. What's a mission statement, Brother Stanley? A mission statement is the reason we exist, it's our purpose of being. 
Why does Wallace Ridge Pentecostal Church exist? Why are we here in the first place? We have no mission statement. We don't even know what, what, why we're here. There's no need us to have church any longer. Amen. But we need to understand what our mission statement is. And I want to tell you, Jesus was no different. Over 2,000 years ago, Jesus had a mission statement. And this is it found in Luke 4, verse 16. And it came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. Now, I like that. As his custom was, he went to church. Come on. He went to church every Sabbath day. That was his custom. And there's a lot of people that claim to be Christians in this day and hour. I've never seen them in church. That's right. I can walk, I can, I, I've knocked doors many times inviting people to, to the house of God. And I've never seen so many Christians in all my life. Every door I knock, they're all Christians. I haven't been in church in 15 years, but they're all Christians. Amen. Brother, you know what the word Christian means? To be Christ-like. And if you are a true born-again Christian, you'll be in the house of God every Sunday. That's right. You'd be in the house of God. If you're a Christian, you're going to be like Jesus as his custom was. Hey, Wallace Ridge, as our custom is, we'll be here on Sunday morning. We'll be here on Sunday evening. Amen. Because we're like him. We love to be in the house of God. As his custom was, he went to the synagogue and he stood up to read. And this is his mission statement. And there was declared in the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, recover the sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised and preached the acceptable year of the Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, if that was his mission statement over 2,000 years ago, I present to you today that is still his mission statement in 2023. Amen. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'm the Lord God and I change not. Amen. Brother, if he came to do that over 2,000 years ago, that's what he wants to do in this building tonight. I said that's what he wants to do in this service tonight. Hallelujah. He's anointed me to preach. He's sent me to heal, to preach deliverance, recover a sight to the blind. Ladies and gentlemen, that's his mission statement. That's he's on a mission tonight. I said he's on a mission tonight. He's trying to find somebody that needs him. Trying to find somebody that needs him. Does anybody have a need here tonight? He's trying to find someone that needs a miracle. Someone that's hurting. Someone that needs healing. He's looking for a dysfunctional family. Somebody with a financial crisis. He's looking for the drug addict tonight. He's looking for the alcoholic. 
He's looking for the prostitute. He's looking for somebody that's bound by sin that he can bring deliverance to tonight. Who is a tonight that needs him? Somebody's in a storm right now. I've got good news to tell you. The storm calmer is here tonight. He'll stand on the bow of your vessel and he'll say, peace be still. He come to bring you peace tonight. I said he come to bring you peace. God, what can we do to get you to show up tonight? And God says, bring me the hurting. Bring me the messed up. Bring me the dysfunctional. Bring me the sick, the trouble, the distress, the drug addict, the alcoholic. And God says, if you will fill my house with problems, I will fill my house with my presence. That's right. Somebody says, preacher, you don't know about my life. I got too many problems. And God's chomping at the bits. He's trying to find where you at. Where you at? Where's all those problems? Let me find you. Where are you? Amen. He's walking these eyes looking for those problems. He's walking these eyes looking for messed up lives. He's walking these eyes looking for somebody that's sick. Somebody that needs healing in the body. He's looking for you. I said he's looking for you. He's chomping at the bits tonight. He's excited that you're here. Hey, troubled one, he's excited that you're here. Hey, sickness, he's excited that you're here. Hey, you that need a miracle, he's excited that you're here. You call the motion of the God's attracted you need. Find someone who needs me and wants me. John 4. If the over medium will help me, thank you. Now I want to stay. I want you to stay on verse three to tell you to move to verse four. John four and verse three. And he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. Now, all you Bible scholars, maybe you've got Thompson Chain Reference Bible. That's what I always used. In the back is the maps of all the Holy Land. And probably your Bible may have them also. But if you'll study the Holy Land, you'll notice that Judea is in the extreme south and Galilee is in the extreme north. And you're talking about racists. There was nothing any more racist than an old Orthodox Jew. Brother they hated. See, between Judea and Galilee was a little country called Samaria. The Jews hated the Samaritans. They didn't want nothing to do with the Samaritan. They looked at the Samaritan as the dregs of society, as the dogs, dogs of the earth. They wouldn't even waste, waste spit to spit on them. That's right. That's, they hated the Samaritan. The Bible says they, they had no dealings with the Samaritans. And because of that, the old Jew, if he wanted to go from Judea unto Galilee, he would cross over the Jordan River and go up the other side, which was way out of the way, and then cross back over the Jordan into Galilee. That's how much he hated the Samaritan. He did not want to set his foot in Samaria. He hated them. That's right. I said all that to say this in verse number four. Number four. And he said he must needs go through Samaria. 
I must needs go through Samaria. Why, Lord, I can see those disciples, their eyes got big, their mouth flew open. My God, we don't go through Samaria. We know go, we cross the Jordan River. Hey, Lord, you know we don't go through Samaria. He said, I must needs go through Samaria. There's a need pulling me to Samaria. There's something that I've got to do in Samaria. I've got to go to Samaria. There's a driving force that's forcing me to go through Samaria. That's right. Why? What is it, Lord, that you need to go through Samaria? He said, because there's a little woman at the well of Sychar that needs me. She needs, she's in trouble. She's in dysfunctional relationships. She's had five husbands and the one she's shacking up with now is not her husband. She needs me. She needs me. She needs me. I gotta, I gotta cross denominational barriers. I gotta cross racial barriers. Barriers. I gotta cross uh, prestige barriers, <laughs> brother. I do it to find somebody that needs something from me. Hey man, <laughs> quit letting hell tell you that nobody loves you. Quit letting hell tell you that nobody cares. Quit letting hell tell you that there's no hope for you. Quit letting hell tell you there's no use for you. Hey man, Jesus is walking. <laughs> I said he's walking these aisles tonight. Oh, I don't. I don't know if you can use your imagination with me or not, but somehow or the other, I feel like he got up this morning. Well, he didn't get up. He don't sleep, I don't guess. But he looks at his angels and said, I must needs go to Wallace Ridge, Louisiana tonight. I must needs go to Wallace Ridge tonight. Why, Lord? Because somebody at that Pentecostal church is gonna need me tonight. Somebody's gonna need me tonight. Somebody needs a miracle tonight. Somebody needs here. Are y'all preaching with me tonight? Amen. I must needs go to Wallace Ridge. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why he's here. That's why you feel what you feel. That's why the presence of God has filled this place tonight. God is looking for needs in this building. He's attracted to needs. He's attracted to the imperfection. He's attracted to those that wants him and needs him. Right, and he looked at that little woman. If y'all help me a little more on verse number nine or ten, I think I gave that to you. He said, The woman, oh, yeah, that thou be a Jew has to drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Verse 10 Jesus said, and said, If thou knewest the gift of God and who it is that said to you, Give me the drink. Thou wouldst have asked of him, and he would have given thee. Li- Woman, if you only knew what I had for you, if you only knew the gift of God, if you only knew what I wanted to do for you, you'd be calling out on me. You'd be re- some of you gonna leave here the same way you come in here because you don't understand the gift of God's in this place. Some of you gonna walk out of this building without your miracle because you don't understand that living water is waiting for you. In this building today. Woman, if you only knew who it is that's talking to you, oh, wake up, Wallace Ridge. Wake up. The deliverer, the miracle worker, the healer is here. Can I get somebody to believe that 
tonight. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Can I get somebody to believe that tonight? Well, I don't really need anything, preacher. I got it all together. Everything's good. Clothes are on my back. The bills are paid. The cupboards are full. And the house notes paid. I don't really need anything from God. That's okay. He'll walk right by you. Amen. They that are whole don't need him. They that think everything's okay and all right don't need him. But I'm going to find me somebody in this building that says, I really need you, God. I need a blessing. I need something from you. I need you, I need you, I need you, God. Amen. See, Mary knew. Amen, where's my coat at? There's a, there's a little cup in that pocket right there. I want you to get that for me. Oh, outside pocket, outside pocket. See if you can, there it is. Mary knew who to go to in the time of need. Marriage supper at Cana. They ran out of wine. That's right. They ran out of wine. If you could get that for me, John chapter 2. Amen. John 2, and the third day there was a marriage in Cana, Galilee, and Mother Jesus was there. Next verse. Amen. Number three, I believe it is. And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said, they have no wine. See, there was a need that rose up. She knew exactly who to go to in the time of need. That's right. Amen. They have no wine. Verse number four. Jesus said to her, Woman, what have I do? What have I to do with thee? My hour is not yet come. He didn't even call her mother. He called her woman. Now, if I talk to my wife like that, woman, I wouldn't get much from her, I guarantee you. I couldn't get her to do anything. Amen. But if I really want to get her to do something for me, I say, oh, baby, baby, baby. You're the sweetest and the most beautiful in the world. Amen. You're so pretty, baby. She says, what do you want? <laughs> Amen. But, but you don't call your wife woman. He didn't, and your mother woman. Woman, what have I got to do? Now, you've got to understand what he's saying here. God gave me this revelation and your pastor probably already preached it but brother when I saw it I shouted amen because you've got to understand this is going to be his first miracle he has not performed one miracle yet not one nobody in that room knew who he really was that's why he said shh what have I got to do with you woman my hour's not yet wait a minute don't let the cat out of the bag yet. Amen. Wait a minute. My hour's not yet come. No. He said, be quiet. Be quiet. I don't want you to say anything. Woman, what have that got to do with me? And I can see Mary in my imagination 
she probably thought, Jesus, it's got a whole lot to do with you because I know who your daddy is. Hallelujah. I know who your daddy is. You're not just a man, but you're almighty God manifested in flesh. Amen. That's why she knew who to go to in the time of need. She went to Jesus because she knew his daddy. I know your daddy. Amen. You are the almighty God manifested in flesh. Your, your birth was a miracle birth. Amen. And brother, I know that whatsoever you do, it's going to come to pass. She had the revelation. And because she had the revelation of knowing who he really was, hallelujah, she wasn't afraid to go to him. Hey, Pentecostals, you've got the revelation. Most of the world thinks he's a second person a hypothetical trinity but he is the only person of divinity he's the alpha and the omega he's the beginning and the end he's the first and the last he's the everlasting father he's the prince of peace he's the healer he's the burden bearer he's the deliverer he's the blind man he's a leopard cleansing man hey but that's we know who he is he's a god of miracles we know who he is and because you know who he is, don't be afraid to go to him. Mary was the only one who knew who he was. That's why she went to him. That's right. That's right. Next verse. His mother said to the servant, What servant said to you? Do it. She didn't swell up like a Louisiana toe frog full of buckshot. He didn't call me mother. He disrespected me. Come on. She didn't swell up. She didn't get mad. Amen. She just turned to the servants and whatsoever. He's, I got enough confidence in him that when there's a need, he's going to come through. I got enough confidence in him that when there's a need, how many's got enough confidence in him tonight? Do you have confidence in him tonight? I said, do you have confidence in him and he's going to come through? Oh, yeah. Watch every said you do it. Verse 6. And there were set thick water pots of stone after the manner of the purified Jews contained two or three firkins apiece. The next verse. Jesus said unto them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. Now how many believes that he was God manifested in the flesh? Amen. How many yeah. believes that where the word of the king is, there's power? How many believes that all he had to do was say, water pots, be thou filled with wine. And they would have been filled with wine just like, how many believes he could have spoke the word and they'd been filled with wine. That's right. No, but he don't work like that. Amen. He said, you go fill the water pots up with water. Amen. You do what you can do and I'll do what you can't do. Amen. Brother, you do what is possible. I'll do what is impossible. Hallelujah. Brother, God expects you to do something. You can't just sit there and say, here I am, Lord. Give me a blessing. Here I am. Heal me, God. God says, you you reach out and you call on me. Hey, Somebody said, well, here I am, Lord. Just because you showed up don't mean he's going to show out. Ah, you don't just say, here I am, Lord. You know what I need. 
If you want to give me a healing, you'll give me a If you want to give me a miracle, you'll give me a miracle. If you want to give me a blessing tonight, God, you'll give me a blessing tonight. You'll give me a blessing. That is, that's not even scriptural. You know what the Bible says? Asking you shall receive. Seeking you shall find. Knocking it shall be opened of you. Everyone that asketh receiveth. Everyone that seeketh findeth. Everyone that knocketh. That means the word E-T-H on the end of seeking, ask, and knock means a continuation. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. The door's going to come open. Hallelujah. God's going to give you that miracle. God's going to give you that. Hear what? Don't you get discouraged. I prayed before, preacher, it never has happened yet. Don't get discouraged. Courage, amen. No, sir. If there's going to be wine in the water pot, somebody's got to fill them up. If you're going to catch fish, somebody's got to throw in the net. If the walls of Jericho is going to fall, somebody's got to march around them. He don't do everything for you. He lets you do what you can do, and I'll do the miracle you can't do. Hallelujah. Can you shout amen? The next verse. Amen. And he said, draw it now. Burn the gutter feast. And they buried it. Amen. Stop. Go back to the seventh verse. I missed something. Amen. That's what I want right there. Fill the water parts. And they fill them up to the brim. Quit pointing at your watch. I'm preaching. Amen. They fill them up to the brim. Amen. I'm not going to preach longer as Brother Frederick preaches. I guarantee you. Amen. Brother, he's done preach for us. I know how long he preaches. All right. Brother, but I want, I want to tell you something. Right. Amen. Fill them up to the brim. Come on. Come on. You know what that tells me? You can have as much wine as you want to have. If you just want a half a barrel, you can have a half a barrel. You want just a quarter, you can have a quarter. You are three-fourths. Amen. But those servants said they filled them up to the brim. We want all that we can have. We all want all that we can get. Amen. Brother, that's the way I feel about the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's a little song that we sung years ago, and y'all may still sing it, but I don't like it because God gave me the revelation when I was studying for this message. Amen. The little song says, Here's my cup, Lord. I feel it up, Lord. Come and quench the thirsting on my soul. Bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more. Here's my cup. Fill it up. Is that all you want is a cup? Is that all a God you want? You just want a cup? I've been in some Pentecost churches where I knew their cup was full after the first song because they didn't do nothing else. Amen. That's right. It don't take much worship to fill this up. It don't take much clapping of the hands and praising the Lord to fill this. Are, are y'all still with me? Y'all still with me? Amen. Here's my cup, Lord. Here's my cup. Just, just fill it up, Lord. Amen. Brother, I'm telling you, I learned a long time ago. Hallelujah. This is what I'm going to do when I come to the house of God. Amen. I'm going to walk in the house of God and I'm going to bring me a 55-gallon drum. <laughs> Here I am, Lord. <laughs> Fill it up, Lord. Fill it up, Lord. Yeah. I want all that you can give me. I want more and more and more and more and more and more. I'm not satisfied with a cup. I'm not satisfied with just 
a little blessing. God, I want all that I can have. I want all that I can need. But I'm telling you, it's time to throw our cups away. And it's time to say, God, I've come tonight for a miracle. I've come for healing if they give me some music tonight. I've come for a blessing. I need you more than anything else in this world, God. I need you. I need you. Leave your cup at home. Bring the biggest container you got and say, God, I want all. I want all that I can get. The truth of the matter is we all have needs here tonight. I preach to that somebody that needs a blessing tonight. I preach to somebody maybe you haven't talked in tongues in a while. I preach to somebody needs deliverance tonight. Somebody needs a Holy Ghost. Somebody needs a miracle. Somebody needs a healing. Somebody that has problems. Jesus is looking for those with problems tonight. The first question that God, let's all stand as I bring this to a close. The first question that God ever asked man, he said, Adam, what thou? Bible says that normally Adam and Eve talk with the Lord in the cool of the day. But this particular day he couldn't find them. They're not at their usual meeting place. Adam, where are you? Where are you, Adam? Now how many will agree with me that the Almighty God knows everything? Does he know everything? Don't y'all think he really knew where Adam was? Huh? Do you think he really knew where he was? Sure he did. He wasn't asking the question because he didn't know where he was. The reason God asked the question, Adam, where art thou? Is I need a response, Adam. I need you to respond, Adam. Who are you? Let me hear your voice, Adam. I need a response. All God was looking for was a response. And I'm here to tell you that all God is looking for here tonight is somebody that will respond to him. He knows your need. He knows you're sick tonight. He knows you need a miracle tonight. He knows you need a financial blessing tonight. But he's waiting on you. I said he's waiting on you. It's your turn. It's your turn. He's going to Calvary. He shed his blood for you. His stripes were laid on his back for your healing. It's your turn, sir. It's your turn to make the move. It's your move. You, you can't just stand there. I made up my mind, God. If you don't touch me, I'm going to touch you. How many of this building will walk down these aisles and stand around this front and say, God, I really need something from you tonight. I need a miracle.